Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days. And when they were over, he, were, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem. And placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, (laughs) He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, do not put the Lord God, the Lord your God, to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until the opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, we were so grateful last week. We were in, um, in Columbus and uh, preaching at, the, at Life City Church where Matt and Bryn, um, pastors Matt and Bryn were with you a couple of weeks ago. And when we watched Pastor Jacques give the word last week, that was the scripture he used. And we thought, well, thank you, Jacques, for being led by the Spirit because that is exactly where we want to go for these um, 40 days. And what we have been doing over these last weeks is we've done a spiritual warfare series. So Ephesians 6, how many of you were glad you were a part of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, And so when we read Ephesians 6, many people just said, you know, I never even thought about evil forces being against me. Or haven't thought about it in a long time. Anybody want to admit that that might have been you, that something fresh was awakening on the inside? Mm -hmm. And you were saying, I want to pay attention. Um, And so we're grateful for this 40 days and nine ways to pray without ceasing. But we want to finish up last week's passage that we spent. How many weeks did we spend? Like eight weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not... I want to say six to eight. I'm not sure. Maybe it was six. Yeah, doesn't matter. Okay. Go ahead. There you go. We're wasting our time right now. All right. Here you go. In the same way, (laughs) prayer is essential. Can you all say essential? Essential. In this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And don't forget to pray for me. Don't you love that? You know, I love Paul. Like just, and oh, by the way, now after all this warfare stuff, and don't forget to pray for me. (laughs) 
Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Now there's a good prayer, right? Pray for people to know what to say and when to say it. Mm -hmm. See, the season of Lent is an invitation to intimacy with God. And this passage out of Luke, where Jesus is tempted for 40 days and nights, what we have to realize is he was fasting and praying. That is the only way you can go up against evil is if you're learning how to live a prayed up and fasted life. He, he faced down the evil one with the word that lived within him. Do you know the word that lives within you? So that's an important question today. So just be pondering that. Do you know the word that lives within you? Like you are an incarnate word of God. I don't know if you realize that, but let me be the first to tell you if you didn't know. God spoke you forth. And you incarnate something that God purposed right here on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so when you know the word that is in you that God said over you, you can face into the evil that will come against you. Because you know to whom you belong and you'll stand. See, 1 Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. Can you just say that? Look, you could even memorize this scripture. Ready? Pray without without ceasing. ceasing. You have just gotten a scripture you can memorize easily. (laughs) Pray without ceasing. And yet some people would say, are you kidding me? How in the world does somebody pray without ceasing? I I barely make it Mm -hmm. to prayer. I pray when I come here and light a candle, or maybe I pray on the fly or, uh, you know, on the way to work, but pray without ceasing. How am I going to do that, right? How am I going to do that? So I want you to notice something without judgment, and say that with me if you want to. Notice without judgment. Notice Notice without without judgment. judgment. Because we're really good at judging ourselves, so don't do that today. No allow, you're not allowed to judge yourself, all right? But on a scale of 1 to 10, describe your prayer life right now. If 1 is never pray and 10 is praying without ceasing, just put yourself on that dotted line somewhere, just you and God. You and God know the truth about that. Where are you in your prayer life right now? And what about 40 days and 9 ways? See, um, prayer without ceasing has to do with actually being the incarnate word that God spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And living in that such, in, you know, in your eating, drinking, walking around, breathing life. Mm-hmm. That there's a way for you to carry prayer with every breath you're breathing when we know the word that God has spoken over our lives. Yeah, prayer is interesting, isn't it? It's one of those things I think for a lot of us that it's, we, we sense the importance of it. Like we even hear pray without ceasing. We, we, we turn to it, as Claire said, at different times for different reasons. But I think a lot of us at times maybe uh, feel like it's kind of the uh-oh of our relationship mm. with God. Like we know it's important, but we're not sure how, maybe even how to do it. Or it seems really daunting. Or it's the oh no, I'm not doing enough when it comes mm. to prayer. So our hope over these 40 days is to really help one another enter into a deeper space of prayer. Um, Years ago, one of the things, before I gave my life to Christ, one of the things that was really powerful for me is I had an encounter um, with my my older brother. I had dislocated a finger playing basketball, and my older brother asked me if he could pray for me. And I wasn't, prayer wasn't foreign to me, certainly, uh, as it really isn't to any person. I think in America, we pray for a lot of different things at different times. We pray for our favorite sports team, those kinds of things. But anyway, he said, would you like me to pray for you uh, that your finger would be healed? And I said, yeah, sure. And he prayed for me. And as he prayed for me, I, it, 
it was a big deal to me because I was in the middle of basketball season and it looked like I was going to be sitting out. That was a big deal to me. And as he prayed for me, the peace of God, that's the only way I can describe it, the peace of God entered the room and God healed me instantaneously. I was healed and uh, didn't give my life to Christ at that point, which he invited me to do. Um, did that a little bit you later. You said, I'll take the healing, but I'm not <laughs> That's exactly not what I said. Yeah. However, there were a couple of learnings that I know instantaneously happened for me when it came to prayer, because I would have been one of those uh-oh kind of guys when I considered prayer. Never thought I could have measured up. But there were a couple of things that I immediately recognized. The first thing that I recognized as I got healed is that prayer can be effective. Hmm. Prayer can literally shift your world instantaneously. Aren't you guys I glad? recognize that. I mean, yeah, seriously, was, that, exactly. that's awesome. I mean, a teenage boy wanting to play basketball mm-hmm. and God did that for you. That just, that, that, right. is, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. And the other, the other noticing that I had looking back on it is how remarkable I, I knew in that moment, how remarkable prayer was mm-hmm. because part of it was because I knew my brother and my brother had given his life to Christ, but my brother was no perfect person. And here was Not this, that one back there. Here he's, was this, he's the perfect brother. Yeah. yeah. But, the, <laughs> but, but I realized that, that God somehow uses us, uses people, somehow he interacts with our communication with him mm. and does remarkable things. That God can take a broken vessel, which is all of us, mm-hmm. an inadequate human person, and move through our lives when we are obedient mm-hmm. to just paying attention and allow God the space. So God can do that in big ways. That was a big way for me. But God does that in very small ways as well. That God can do the remarkable when we pray. And God can move effectively in our lives when we pray. He can do it in the now. He can do it instantaneously when we pray. Things can happen on an instant. That's my favorite. And then things can happen over time. You, you might be reminded of the, 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 ten, the ten lepers where Jesus prays for them and sends them back to the priest, right? The scripture says, and the scripture says, as they're walking, they are healed. Now understand that your prayer never dies. Hmm. When you and I pray, prayer is eternal. God is not fixed to time. So your prayer, when you pray, you may not see something happen in seven minutes or seven days or seven months, but always understand that when you pray something, that God always remembers a prayer in faith, in obedience to him, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It can happen over time. It can happen transgenerationally. Mm. It's beautiful. So we know that first of all, we can know that prayer is about relationship, right? Prayer is literally how we talk with God. That's how we communicate with God. So we understand that. I think most people are comfortable with that. We trust in that. But it is also, we need to understand that it is effective. Mm -hmm. It is effective. And God really does desire results in our lives, a shifting, that there, when we partner with God, that we, God is, is asking us to partner with him when we pray to release his kingdom on earth. Remember the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come. Mm-hmm. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What, what Jesus was teaching us was when you partner in prayer with me, it is a way of bringing the kingdom of God 
into our lives on planet Earth Mm -hmm. in the now. So that is how it becomes effective. When we pray, it has the potential of bringing God's kingdom to earth. This is where effectiveness moves in. George Mueller, one of the great prayer heroes of history back in the 1800s, said this. He said, it is not enough just to begin to pray. We need to stay with prayer until we get God's answer. So you could do a little research on George Mueller, who owned an orphanage during, uh, mm-hmm. during the 1800s. And they would pray for things that would just miraculously happen, mm-hmm. like money out of nowhere to take mm-hmm. care of these orphaned children. And so the incarnate word in George Mueller was to care mm-hmm. for the orphan. That was the call of God, the call and the purpose of his life. And God gave him ways to pray effectively Mm -hmm. and see results on behalf of the children. Right. Right? And beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so this is it. So part of the reason why I think we have at times the uh uh-oh or the oh-no when it comes to prayer is we forget that God is trying to be effective through our lives on planet Earth, Mm -hmm. right? So we can trust in that. Now, one of the great prayer experts in Scripture is Jesus' brother, James. James, some church historians called James Camel Knees, and his nickname was Camel Knees because he was known to be such an intercessor. James was always on his knees. In other words, they felt like his knees were calloused, Hmm. like a camel's knees. Mm -hmm. And he is such a great prayer example. And James says in one of his pieces of instruction on prayer in James chapter 5, he says this, he says, are any among you suffering, they should pray. Are any cheerful, they should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick, they should call for the elders of the church. And that word sick there doesn't just mean physical infirmity. It means emotional sickness. It means any kind of brokenness, uh, not just physical, not just emotional, could be mental, any kind. It's an all-encompassing term that James uses there. They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith. Everyone say prayer of faith. Prayer of faith. Will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Hmm. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer, there's so much in here and we're not going to even scratch the surface today. But we'll get back to it. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. It's effective. It's effective, James says. Elijah was a human being like us. The prophet Elijah, the Old Testament, was a human being like us, he says. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. That's pretty effective, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. That is powerful. Now, what happens, James intentionally, I think, uses Elijah. And he says, Elijah is just like you are. See, because what happens when we read the scripture, and we read about a guy like Elijah, is we think... I am not, Elijah's like this superhuman hero, right? Like he's perfect. But when you study Elijah's story, James understands Elijah's story is Elijah suffered depression. Mm -hmm. Elijah complained. Mm -hmm. Elijah suffered in fear. He ran for his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go on and on about Elijah. You think about any biblical character, any person in scripture, you are going to be hard pressed to not find a lot of like you in it. 
or a lot of like me in it, right? And you, and can so you what, just raise a hallelujah for a minute? Just say hallelujah for yeah. that, right? Yeah. So what he's saying is Elijah is like you, but he was bold enough to pray because he knew that God was effective. Mm-hmm. He knew that God wanted to move and bring the kingdom down into yes, planet yes, Earth. Yes. See, it is the destiny of every believer to carry and release the presence and resources of God, and it is the destiny of the church, all of us combined, those who are a part of the church, to release the power of God on earth, the peace of God on earth, the goodness of God on earth, the love of God on earth, the effectiveness of God on earth, the creativity of God on earth, the wisdom of God on earth, the loyalty and security of God on earth, and the joy of God on earth. This is God's intent for the church, is to bring his presence This is you. So Elijah's example once again reminds us that there are no super saints. Look Mm -hmm. at the person sitting by you and just say, you are not a super saint. I mean, you're super. (laughs) You're super. But you are not a super saint. (laughs) We are all weak, broken people Mm -hmm. that are not perfect, who are waiting to experience the grace and the spirit and the power of God being released Mm -hmm. through us. Mm One thing Elijah had, and this is the the last thing I just want to mention, one thing, and this is really, I think, where we need to start if we're going to go 40 days of paying attention to prayer. Elijah had faith. And when I say that, some of us right away get the uh uh-oh, oh no feeling again. But I want you to just convert that word faith because it can totally be exchanged in this instance and most places in the scripture with confidence. Elijah had confidence in God. Mm -hmm. And that's the invitation for us. And this is where we start Mm. to put our confidence in God, to, to put our faith in God's ability. That's what prayer is really about. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's not about me. Paul put it this way in Philippians three. He said, I put no confidence confidence in in the the flesh. He said, if anybody could put confidence in the flesh, I could do it. And then he lists all the reasons But then he says, I put no confidence in my flesh, but I put my confidence in God, Mm -hmm. put my confidence in God and God's authority Mm -hmm. over sin, brokenness, any kind of brokenness. God has authority over that. And Satan, God has total authority over that realm. We put our confidence, secondly, in Christ's sacrificial work on the cross and his resurrection power. See, you and I can pray bold prayers. Elijah could pray like he could pray. We put our confidence in the work of Christ, Mm -hmm. the work of the cross, the power of the resurrection. That's what my confidence is in when I pray for you and you pray for me. That's what your confidence is. You can be bold. Do not enter into praying with shame. Mm -hmm. with guilt, Mm -hmm. because God has taken that from all of us. Mm -hmm. The scripture tells us in Hebrews that you can boldly enter in to the throne room of, Mm -hmm. uh, to the throne room of God. And lastly, understand this. We can put confidence in the fact that it is the father's good desire. It is God, the father's desire to to release blessing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Amen. Amen. And so when you think about um, 40 days and nine ways to pray, you kind of saw that there. Hmm. Little hints of what's coming ahead. But the season of Lent is an invitation to intimacy with God and recognizing that this first scripture we read about Jesus being in the wilderness, in the wild. Uh, with the word that was in him and facing down the evil one as the incarnate word. 
And so one of the most important things that we're going to get in these 40 days is what is the incarnate word that is spoken over each of us? Because you are a word of God. The Bible says it in Ephesians, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That word chosen, eclectos, means you are a spoken forth word of God. That is our story. That is our song, right? That is what gets me getting up in the morning. I'll just tell you that. (laughs) I am a word and I am shaped by the word of God. You know, when I'm reading scripture, I'm letting scripture read me. So that the scripture can convict me of sin. The scripture can encourage me toward faith. The scripture can tell me the way, right? And so when I say that you are a word, you really are. God has spoken very specific things. When you think about Elijah being a broken human like all of us, and he had rain prayers. Matt, I remember when you spoke against a tornado and sent it back in the other direction. Do you remember that? That was such an awesome day. Did you mark it down in your diary? I mean, that has to go in your prayer diary. Because I don't know if any of the rest of us could say we've spoken to a tornado and it turned around. I've never had that experience. Men call them journals. Oh, journals, not diaries. Okay. And and so, you know, here's what I want to say, right? The DNA in you is speaking. The Holy Ghost DNA in you speaks. Very specifically. You know, one of the things I love about just being me is that I'm not all of you. So here's what happens. Like last (laughs) week, I'm in Columbus, and this person came up to me after the service, and they began to tell me a story of their life, and I knew immediately that Sean and Kathleen should be the people to talk to this person. I'm like, the word that is in them is a healing word. And so I don't have to be Sean and Kathleen. Right? Mm -hmm. So isn't that good? You don't have to be anybody but you because God has created you fearfully and wonderfully made with this incarnate word that releases goodness, love, effectiveness, creativity, wisdom, faithfulness, joy, peace, and power. I'm telling you, friends, if we get a hold of this, the devil will be on the run. Yes. Anytime you walk in the room, you will put your foot on the floor in the morning and the devil will flee. Because, you know, I love this when it says, and the devil was going to come back at a more opportune time. What he was probably looking for when Jesus wasn't fasting and praying. But I got news for you. He was the incarnate word, whether he was drinking wine at a wedding or he was fasting and praying. Mm -hmm. He was who he was, whether he was at Matthew's house or in the temple. The incarnate Mm -hmm. word was in him. Wherever you are, be all there. So here's the reality. You know, a lot of times we're in churches where we have this one size fits all spirituality. So if you come here, then everybody should have a prayer journal, which by the way, we have some available wherever they are. (laughs) They're somewhere here. Are they here with you, Kathleen? So Kathleen's got them at the next steps table. Because, you know, we have prayer journals. There are people that when they start to write, they don't know what they think till they see what they say. And then there's others of us who are verbal processors, and we wish people would just record us while we're talking because it's like, did I say that? That must have been Jesus. I have no idea what I just said. Someone will say, I can't, you know, when you said that to me, You really encourage me. You say, I don't even remember saying that. Has anybody ever had that experience? That's because you are an incarnate word of God. And God is bringing God's word forth through you, whether through words or through writing or through acts of mercy. 
I love this, you know. So on your, you know, scale of 1 to 10, describing your prayer life as either never pray or pray without ceasing, wonder about that for a minute. See, your prayer life really does affect the outcome of things, but there is a division of labor. Can you all say that there's a division of labor? Division of labor. Yes, there is. God does, and so do I. God provides the sun, the rain, and the process of life. God will not plant seeds or pull the weeds. There is an incarnate word in you that God spoke forth, but we got to cooperate in planting more seeds in our life and pulling up the weeds of our life. Amen? Yes. I don't know about you, but I got weeds. Go ahead. Tell yourself, I know I got weeds. I'll help you with those. I know you yeah. will. You always yeah. do. <laughs> and I love, you know, this beautiful scripture. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything ill-fitting on you. I'm not going to make you Sean and Kathleen or Matt the tornado guy. I am going to make you, I am incarnating through you. It's not going to be ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And, and there, my friends, that is a big honking deal because the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. See, the problem is a lot of people use this word righteous like kind of, it's way too, it's way too mm, broad. It's, so the righteousness, yes, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right. But there's also a daily getting right. Getting in alignment with the word that God has spoken over you and wants to bring through you. There's this righteous, powerful, and effective prayer as we're getting right. As we're like, this is what God has made me to do and be in the world. My dad um, worked with Focus Hope for, you know, many years and lots of other charities in the, in, in the country and in Michigan and in the, state, uh, the city of Detroit. And his best thing to do was he would go into the office like the CEO of Ford Motor Company and he'd say, you have money. And Focus Hope is doing fabulous things, and you could make it happen. And so I just want to say to you, we need X amount of dollars, and I'm really really asking you to show up for this. My dad never sat in the line and served people at Focus Hope. That was somebody else's way to pray. And those people who were in the line didn't go and sit in the CEO's office and say, you have money and Focus Hope needs your money. My dad's way to pray, his incarnate word, was to carry what God did in him in the rooms where it happened. And the other people that have other ways, right? There's all kinds of ways. Look, we are all made in God's image, but none of us are all of it. Right. But we incarnate a part of the... Uh, the essence of God in the world. And so then we start to pray prayers that match, like good prayers, loving prayers, effective prayers, original prayers, wise prayers, loyal prayers, joyful prayers, powerful prayers, and peaceful prayers. Have you ever been with those people that when they start to pray, it's like, oh, I'll be a real Christian when I can pray like that? Mm. No, it's not true. It's not true. I mean, there's a big difference between the way that one person preaches that stands up here and the way the other one does, right? Really? I've noticed that. Have you seen that on a couple of occasions? I have. It's awesome, isn't it? I'm so glad you're not me. I'm I'm very glad of that too. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think we have a pretty good arrangement. Just wait. Right? And, and so there's this, there's this powerful way to live in the fullness of God in your life. Oh, and P.S., we're going to be unpacking nine ways to fast and pray. Like fasting the need to be perfect, fasting the need to be needed, fasting the need to succeed, fasting the need to be special, fasting the need to know it all. Hallelujah. Fast the need to be secure. Fast the need to avoid pain. Fast the need to be against and fast the need to avoid conflict. I mean, there are some things that we need to fast. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, we are about to have 40 days of grandeur. Because what happens is Jesus fasted and prayed. He lived the incarnate word in Luke chapter 4. And what happened? The devil was defeated And Jesus moved right into his ministry life and started doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And I got to tell you, you are miracle workers. God has made you to bring miracles to the earth. And they will come in different ways. And they will come through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. You remember that time when they tried to cast out the devil and they said, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. fasting. And so, you know, you might have thought, oh, I shouldn't have eaten my, you know, my coffee cake for breakfast. It probably has nothing to do with your coffee cake. It has to do, what are, what are we fasting that's releasing the power of God in our lives? So, you know, so we have to tell you about this because Kathleen and Sean made us. Um, they're, ha- <laughs> they're having a party for us today, which is really awesome, and we're thrilled. So we wrote this book, and do you know why we wrote this book? Because we've been in ministry now for almost four decades Mm -hmm. and leading this church for 28 years. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of stories about people who walked in freedom and people who stayed bound. Mm -hmm. People who walked in the old nature and people who were fully emerging into the life of Christ for them. We've seen people who Mm -hmm. dropped out, skipped out, bummed out, burned out, you know, fizzled out. We've We've seen it. Do you know that when they actually um, did some surveying, like blind surveying, um, they found out that pastors uh, classically pray three minutes per week? I mean, that scared Scott and I. Mm -hmm. I mean, it actually helps me understand why so many major failures have happened. Because if you're praying three minutes a week as a pastor, you need to find another job. Because you can't do, you cannot, you don't even want to consider trying to handle the word of God with three minutes of prayer, right? So, so here's what I want to say about that. Here's our reality. There is a, we wrote this book to teach people how to pray in not a one size fits all way. Because you may have tried to pray like your best friend and you go, man, prayer is dry. I hate it. Don't like it. I'm bored by it. And I'm at a zero in my prayer life. But when you discover the way to pray, the way you're made, you're going to be so jazzed by prayer, nobody will be able to stop you from being in prayer unceasing. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to have to say, check your watch. Did you pray? How many minutes did you pray? So all we want to say to you is this is why we did it, because we really believe that there are 40 days and nine ways that can be a gateway to open you up to know God in ways you've never known God before. Why? Because you are an incarnate word of God. So we sat down with our friends, these two other pastors, Adele and Doug, and we just said, we're going to look at stories of people. We're going to take, and they're older than us, so they have a lot more research than we do. And so they're 10 years ahead of us in the journey. And so we just put together the stories we knew, the ways we've seen people, 
the ways we see the scriptures open, the way scripture, some scripture will totally ignite one person and another person, it's a good scripture, but it's not the incarnate word for them. And so we just want to say these next 40 days, we are hoping to um, not only ignite your prayer life, but bring revival to this region. Mm-hmm. Because people who are praying change the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And if we're praying, people are going to see not us, but Jesus. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Not us, but Jesus. Somebody make a bumper sticker about that. Because, you know, the reality is when we can let go of our personality and open up to the divine image that God made each and every one of us in, I'm telling you, the devil's going to have to flee. So that's all I have to say about that. Let me just add this. Um, I I think this is a great example. um, As you're talking about like story over years, this is a great example of prayer over time. Like uh, in the early days of the church, uh, there were several people from out of state, from other parts of the country that came in and prayed different prayers over this congregation, not just Claire and I, but this congregation. Um, And there were some things that were... Uh, prophetically communicated, right? And these moments, like this book, is certainly not just something that Claire and I have written. This is really a work that c- comes out from this the house. Of it's your the lives. story of this house, right? In, in a way. And don't um, try to figure out who it is while you're reading. So it here we are. Here we are. Um, <laughs> here we are. You know, a few decades later, almost, and. Um, prayer coming to fruition, mm-hmm. right? So there are prayers that you have prayed, maybe for your family, maybe for your children, um, maybe for whatever it could be, that God is still, he is not unfamiliar with your prayer. And God has plans and, and things to release that are on the way, mm-hmm. and you just count on it. Just rest in it, because it's on the way. So... They're, yeah. they're taking us away. I see that. We're, we time. have to leave time now. Is up. No, you don't have to leave. Oh. Don't leave. Can you hear me? Is this on? Okay. So, no, we don't want you to leave. Okay. And we're, we, yes, you're right. We did make you uh, allow us to celebrate you. So, so isn't that good? Make that we you, just, make so, you to allow us. <laughs> yes. We had to, we had to, we had to make them, uh, let us celebrate them because, we are just so proud of you. We are so excited about what the two of what God is doing through this book, through the two of you, and we have all been part of it. So you might find yourself in those pages. I found myself in those pages. Um, so you know, with permission, with permission, yeah. yes, with permission. But I, I also want to say that you know, last week. So the book is not even released yet. The book is released this coming Tuesday, and we said to them when we had a little bit of time with them in Florida, we said, "This house hmm. needs to celebrate you first. This house wants to celebrate you first. So, so we are celebrating today. And um, last week I shared that on Amazon, their book was the number one book on uh for what was it pop psychology personality style the number one book and it wasn't even it's not even released yet isn't that awesome well and what was really cool about that is it's all about jesus and they're gonna be they're gonna be shocked when they open the pages that's that's what i was gonna say that is not even a christian category so the people that have purchased that are gonna find that it is packed with scripture it's packed with um a path 
to lead people back to their creator. Isn't that awesome? And then this week they got um, word from their publisher that the book is already in its second printing. And it's not even out yet. So that is reason to celebrate, because especially because it is a book that will lead people to their creator, lead people to the, what is most true about them, and lead them to a lead them to um, their made in God's image self. And so that is reason to celebrate. Yes. So uh, the book itself, we we're we're blessed that you guys have taken the time to write the book in words uh, when you speak them and live them. So this book, based on uh, my reading and knowing them, uh, seeing that uh, imparted in our lives as a church and uh, us as individuals, um, it's, a, it's a book that helps you be liberated within yourself and be uh, blessed in other relationships that you have, whether it's your spouse or your children or your friends or people you meet and and most of all the book is a gift to bring connection between yourself and God to draw near and he draws near to you and to see that God loves you in your best and you're not so best and that he loves you more than anything so we want to thank you for writing the book we're blessed that you would do that for us and for the world. And I would say, too, it's that... It's a real deal. I don't think it's a coincidence that the book is being released during Lent. I know. Because Lent is a time of returning to God through self-examination and through looking inward and saying, God, where and how have I been um, separated from you? And how can I return to you? And so I promise you, that's what this book will do for you. It will lead you back to God. So I think, I think it's an excellent book for the next 40 days for people to read, and it will lead you back to Christ. I promise you that. So we told them we would only take a couple of minutes, and, and we just want you to celebrate with us. We, so Scott and Claire are going to be, oh, Sylvia and Edgar back there, you see them. They're going to be back there selling books. So we hope that you'll pick one up and, and go through it the next 40 days and, and the next 40 years. And we also hope you'll pick up a copy for a friend. And then we've asked Scott and Claire to sign books over there. So where you, where you see the balloons, they're going to be signing books. Look at those balloons. And I know. my I, I got those. Those white ones actually have really cool um, gold Confetti. confetti inside. Confetti. They're kind of heavy, heavy, though. So. <laughs> but that's okay. The boys okay. and I were blowing them up. They weren't going up. So we had to take some of the confetti out. Yes. So and we hope that you'll stop over there. Get your book signed by um, Pastors Scott and Claire. And we, everybody is welcome to come back after second service. We're having a party upstairs in the cafe. And we have refreshments. And we have some raffles planned. So please come back if you can. But if you can't come back... You can go over and buy your book and have it signed today. So one more thing. One more thing, my dear. I, I would like to say that um, this book and these people are the real deal from the get-go. We have always always uh, served. Um, our mission in this church has been to bring the light of Jesus to the world through social justice, through healing, through missions, Haiti, work, um, Child Advocacy Center, the, the the food and the clothing bank that we have, and many other things that uh, come through, the appliances that people may need, just whatever we put our hand to for God's glory, and you all have been a part of that. And 
from the beginning until now, we will continue until the end. We will continue to give God's glory. Yes. And this, to me, is just indicative of the way we live our lives. So I would pray for all of you to just continue to seek God as you do and enjoy the book. And these two folks, uh, if they were not the real deal, I wouldn't be standing here. I can tell you that right now. Wouldn't be here. Um, They have been a light to us and to all of us. So we want to celebrate you. Our friends, your friends, this church, they deserve to celebrate you. So regardless of you saying no, uh, I took over just for a little bit, my wife and I. Sometimes it has to happen, so we're going to celebrate him. Amen? All right, God bless you. So we're so proud of our pastors, right? Tell them how proud you are of them. Awesome. They are a gift to all of us. While we go, if you choose to uh, to go get, talk with them and see the book and get a sign, let's stand together and let, let's just give each other a blessing as we move on. God, we are so grateful for this day, for one another, and for times of celebration. So I bless my friends. I send them out for this week knowing that you are with them in the season of Lent. You're helping them learn to pray and to find you in the ways that they can only find you. So we bless you and we thank you, God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.